0: everyone welcome back to raise the apple we got a lot to talk about around the rest of major league baseball today but first we're going to kick it off with our new york mets who won two out of three in atlanta they lost last night because of a ronald acuna walk-off home run they won the previous two games Uh, the second game was thanks to a tomas nito go-ahead homer in the ninth they're still in first place. They went two out of three in Atlanta, and now they have the, off day, the day off today, and then they are heading to Miami for a three-game set with the Marlins that will feature, hopefully, Jacob DeGrom's return, and Jordan Yamamoto is expected to get brought up to start one of those games in Miami. The Mets, somehow, someway, are still figuring out a way to get things done. Despite half of their roster being hurt, they are still finding ways to win. They're still finding ways to stay in first place. It is incredible what we are seeing. The replacements is honestly what's going on, and it's amazing to see. You have VR. uh, You did have Pilar until a couple nights ago. Peraza. Nito's been amazing this year. They're, brought, they're relying a lot on the younger guys like Mazika and Far, Fargus and Khalil Lee. It's honestly incredible how this team keeps finding ways, which is awesome when it comes down to the stretch of the season or in the next month or so when everybody's coming back and then you can get your regular guys out there. If they can keep staying, keep winning or keep staying around in the race... It'll be great when Conforto, McNeil, and Nimmo, and Jake, and Cookie, and Noah, and Lugo, and everyone comes back. Which could be soon. Could be soon that everyone starts coming back. Syndergaard and Lugo started rehabs in Port St. Lucie. Jake was down there, made a rehab start. Then Cookie should be coming back by the end of the month along with Lugo, and then Syndergaard <clears throat> in the beginning of June. They're this weekend. Nimmo, J.D. Davis, McNeil, Conforto, not far behind. Uh, Pilar is probably about a month away with his face because they have to wait for the swelling to go down in his face before they can fix things. By the way, with Pilar, it was a lot of nasal fractures. So thankfully, no concussion or head damage. Just his nose is very, very banged up. But then you have no one knows anything on Batances, where Batansis is. It, I I don't know. But they're still finding ways. They've still got reinforcements coming, and very, very soon. A lot to be excited about. And then they added to their reinforcements the other day. They trade made a trade with the Cubs to get Cameron Mabin for cash considerations. Mabin made his Mets debut last night. It was a great move for the Mets. Low risk, high reward. Mabin is not going to a huge threat offensively maybe a little threat offensively he's more so the speed guy and that's what the Mets need you know in the past you've had the Mets where they get late into a game and then you have you know the only guys on your bench are catchers or guys who can't run run fast and when you're in a game situation where you got the tying run on first or second in the ninth inning and your best runner is Wilson Ramos that's a problem because a base hit he may, he's most likely not going to be able to score on that so bringing in Maben is great speed great depth that the Mets have done a great job of doing this offseason with VR, Pilar, Peraza and all these guys it's weird that it's working the way it is because in the past with the Mets this stuff hasn't worked You know, they've tried these big moves and all this stuff and weird ways of doing things, and they've never worked. But this one seems to be working. It's giving me very replacements vibes from 2016 when the Mets were so injury-prone. They brought up Seth Lugo and Robert Gaselman, and they completely took everyone by surprise and helped lead that team back to the playoffs. I'm getting much the very much the same vibes from this group than the than the twenty in the 2016 Mets. Now, obviously, this team I think is a million times better than 2016 Mets. They're off to a much better start. Everything seems to be going well, with the exception of the injuries. But like I said before, rather have them happen now than in September when you're in the middle of a playoff push. And then these aren't injuries that are. Severe enough that they're missing a long period of time, except for Syndergaard, but obviously he's been out for a long time already, and he's just almost done. VR has been the best, one of the best Mets this year, which will bring up an interesting debate when JD Davis comes back, because uh, when Davis comes back, Davis is much better offensively from a power standpoint, but VR has been very consistent and he plays much better defense. So Luis Rojas, it'll be it's good to have this be a tough decision. It's a good problem to have. Who's going to be the everyday third baseman between VR and JD Davis? Hopefully, we'll figure that out soon. JD Davis should be the first one back, uh, relatively soon, maybe in the next couple days, along with the Grom. So we'll see what happens with that. But a lot to be excited about with the Mets. They got three in Miami before they had come back home to City Field. They win 2 out of 3 against Atlanta. Still in first place with basically a AAA lineup almost out there, which is amazing. So we shall see what happens in Miami. Hopefully the Mets can get another 2 out of 3 or a sweep. I'm super excited. I hope everyone else is keeping that momentum going. Now we have a lot to talk about with the entire league as a whole. First of all, Mike Trout is heading to the I.L., Six to eight weeks with a calf strain. Huge loss not only for the Angels but for baseball because you got the best player on the planet that's going to be out for the next three months. The Angels were my pick to be a sleeper team for a wild card spot. I'm losing hope in that considering where they are in the standings right now and the only one that's left standing is Shohei Otani. Rendon's coming off an injury. They shipped Albert Pujols out. Uh, Mike Trout's going to be out for the next three to four months it's I feel so bad for Angels fans because they can't seem to get anything with anything going with Mike Trout and I don't know if honestly they ever will but a lot can happen that's the great thing about baseball is baseball is crazy so you'll see a lot of interesting things throughout the rest of year Shohei Otani who is probably the front runner for AL MVP right now it's just incredible what he's doing. He's really the only bright spot on the Angels right now. Him and Jared Walsh, who's just been absolutely raking to start the year. And other news, we added two more no hitters this week. Two nights ago, Spencer Turnbull of the Tigers no hit the Mariners. The second time the Mariners have been no hit this year and this month, John Means got him earlier this month. Then you had Corey Kluber, the Klubot, last night against Texas, the second time Texas has been no-hit this year, with uh, Joe Musgrove having the other one. Six no-hitters we have already. I was reading a stat last night, if I remember it correctly. The most no-hitters in a single MLB season was in 1884 when there was eight. The most in a single season in the modern era, the modern era beginning in 1900, is 7 in the late most recently happened in 2015. I'm no doubt this this will be broken. This record will be broken this year. It's just a matter of who's next. Which leads to the debate of what's going on with the balls. In 2019, you had the juice balls and the offense was through the roof this year. Pitching has been unbelievable. One of the reasons the Giants are still in first place in the NL West is because of how amazing their pitching has been this year. And then you now you have six no-hitters in May, and the record for most in a season is eight. Most since 1900 is seven. That's insane. And when you look at the guys who've thrown these no-hitters, Turnbull, Kluber, uh, Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, Wade Miley, uh who is the other one? John Means was the other one. These guys aren't don't have overpowering stuff. They're not up there throwing you know, 100, 101, 102 with devastating off-speed stuff like a Garrett Cole or a Jacob deGrom. But they're throwing stuff with a lot of movement, a lot more consistency, I guess for lack of a better word. They're not overpowering arms. They're throwing these no-hitters. Which is a great thing for baseball, but it's also raising the question of what what are they doing with the... They, no one knows if it's like this, something with the baseball or if, if it's just because it's not in the summer and it's not warm enough yet for offense to pick up. Whatever the case may be. But all I'm going to say is regards to uh, the balls. MLB needs to stop messing with the balls. Leave the balls the way they are. I understand when... They get a new box of balls, they have to, like, dirt them up a little bit to get, like, the factory gook off of them. They have to get them dirty and all that. That's fine. That should be the extent of what they're doing. They shouldn't be juicing them so there's more offense or juicing them, for lack of a better word, to help pitching get better. No. These guys are professional athletes. There's no need for it. There's no reason for that. So if, if you're Major League Baseball, stop messing with the balls. Leave them the way they are. That's all I'll say on that. <laughs> but it is exciting I guess. it's exciting to keep seeing no-hitters, but will it get boring because will everybody be throwing no-hitters? I guess we'll have to find out as the season goes on, but I'm all but certain that that record will get broke. It's a very interesting conversation to have. Another interesting conversation is what's going on on the south side. The Chicago White Sox made some... Headlines this week because of Jermaine Mercedes and Tony Larusa and Lance Lynn and oh boy. So, what happened was this: for those to just to give some background knowledge, Tony Larusa is about as old school as old school gets. He's been around the game forever. He's as old school, by the books baseball as you can get, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way. That's how he came up. The White Sox, in my opinion, are probably leading the charge in this new age baseball of players showing personalities and the bat flips and all that stuff. The White Sox are one of those teams that's leading the charge because they're such a young group of guys. They're just a young core that this team is. So obviously, that was one of the. That was one of the. Speculations when Tony Lewis was hired is why would you hire such an old school manager with such a new school team? That how is that going to mix? Personalities are going to collide, and they have. But obviously, something's working because the White Sox are in first place, they've been playing great all year. So, what happened was the earlier this week, the White Sox and Twins are playing, White Sox blowing out the Twins it's like 14 to 2 or something, 14 to 14 3. They have a position player pitching. Williams Astudio comes in to pitch. La Tortuga is throwing 47-mile-hour meatballs. Mercedes swings 3-0 and hits a home run on a 3-0 pitch. Then you had uh, Tyler Duffy of the Twins get ejected the next night for throwing behind Mercedes. And then Rocco Bodelli went out there and obviously got ejected shortly after. And then you had... Tony is saying he didn't like that he ignored a sign and swung three and zero. Then you had Mercedes saying he's just being him. Tim Anderson was defending him. Then Lance Lynn was defending Mercedes, and then you had Tony LaRusso coming back and saying there's a reason I have a locker or I have an office and you have a locker. It's just a whole bad 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 publicity for the White Sox, but a good conversation starter for baseball. We had this debate last year with Chris Woodard of the Texas Rangers and Fernando Tatis hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 pitch and Woodard saying he didn't like it because of the unwritten rules. The unwritten rules are starting to annoy a lot of people, and rightfully so. Swinging 3-0, it is hard to be a Major League Baseball player. It is hard to get a hit in the Major Leagues. It is hard to homer in the Major Leagues and stay there. If I get a pitch right down the pipe, especially when it's a 47-mile-hour meatball from a position player, if it's a three, I don't care what the count is. If it's right down the pipe, I'm swinging at it. And that ball was right down the middle. Mercedes swung at it and homered. Now, I like to consider myself, I try and be like a mix of old school and new school. I love bat flips, but there's also a time and place for it. I like when guys show emotion, but again, there's also a time and place for it. I didn't have a problem with Mercedes swinging 3-0, but I understand where LaRusso is coming from from the standpoint of we're winning 14-2 to or 14-3 to or whatever it was. We don't need to be doing that. It's disrespectful, poor sportsmanship to not only Astudio, but to the Twins and to the game of baseball. But I don't think it's that extreme because... That's just how the game is becoming now. You know, if you have a position player up there, that's a field day for hit opposing offenses. If they have a position player up there, they're gonna go up there hacking because they're gonna get meatballs. So I don't blame Mercedes for swinging. You get it for. How often are major League Baseball players seeing a 47 mile hour pitch right down the middle? That's a dream for them. They can just tee off on it, and that's exactly what Mercedes did. So I don't have a problem with him swinging 3-0. Maybe that was, maybe, but I mean, if when he hits it 3-0, you don't know that it's going to be a homer. If he gets a base hit, there's no conversation right now. If he gets a base hit, there's no conversation. It's the fact that he homered that is the reason there's a conversation. If it was a base hit or something like that, I still don't think I'd have a problem with it either way. I don't have a problem with him swinging 3-0. I have a slight problem with them butting heads with each other. And I what I mean by that is I don't like Mercedes saying... You know, well, nothing wrong with him saying, I'm being me. But then La Russa fires back. And then White Sox players are firing back. And then La Russa fires back again at them. It needs to be something that should be addressed in the clubhouse. Doors closed, La Russa and the players... Does not need to be, you know, a quote battle back and forth with the media. That's the that's the thing I don't like. But it certainly is a great conversation to have with these unwritten rules, and you have old school baseball and new school baseball. It's I understand both sides. I'm a little bit more in favor of on the Mer- team Mercedes rather than team Larusa. I understand where Larusa is coming from because obviously there's a time and place. But, just the way the game is, I just I don't necessarily have a huge problem with it. Especially since it was a position player pitching on the mound. You know? So, that's really all I can say about that. Certainly an interesting conversation. A lot of people are calling for Larusa to get fired. That won't happen. If the White Sox keep winning, and the White Sox keep staying in first place, Larusa's is not going anywhere. Especially if they win the World Series. And they are my AL pick to be in the World Series. So... He ain't going anywhere, so quit calling for him to get fired and all that stuff. He's, he's not going anywhere. Which leads us to the last bit of today's episode, which is today in baseball history, which is Mets related. Today in 2017, Terry Collins, TC, passed Davey Johnson to become the longest tenured manager in Mets history as he managed his 1,013th game. I personally was a huge fan of Terry Collins. Especially that day, was when was it, 2015? Maybe it was a couple years earlier, where they got thumped by Arizona. And then Terry Collins went on that tangent saying, you know, respect the game to come up and grind it out. And if these guys don't want to stay here, I'll go down in Vegas. And when the Mets were a A with Vegas, I'll go down to Vegas and find out who wants to be here. Because there are guys there and he'll find them. That was when I started my number one fan of TC. And then you had the Syndergaard thrown behind Utley and then the mic'd ump audio that you heard Terry Collins going off on the umps. Terry Collins, I think, deserves a lot more credit than than some Mets fans gave him. You know, a lot of people will say, well, he was a horrible decision to leave Harvey in in game five back in 2015. But, I mean, if that game works out, no one questions that decision. If Harvey finishes that game or the Mets win that game, no one questions him sending Harvey out there for the ninth. That was a cool little thing. Uh, and then obviously you had Mickey Calloway come in, and we know how that ended, and now we got Luis Rojas, which I think is deserves a lot more credit than he's given. Especially, same thing with... Uh, LaRusa. LaRusa and the White Sox, you have such clashing personalities. You literally have as old school as old school gets and as new school as new school gets. With the Mets, you have Rojas coming in, brand new manager, his first full season being a manager. He's got half of his roster on the injured list, yet they're still finding ways to win and still in first place. So he's obviously doing something right. He's pushing the right buttons. The bullpen's been fantastic this year. The starting pitching has been fantastic this year when they're not injured. The offense got off to a slow start, but they've picked it up as of late, and they've been a lot more consistent of late, which is good. It's hard to fight Luis Rojas right now. and if the Met, Again, just like the White Sox, if the Mets keep playing the way they are the rest of the year, Luis Rojas isn't going anywhere. Same thing with the White Sox. If they keep winning, LaRusso's not going anywhere. So for the fans that are calling for Rojas to get fired, stop that. (laughs) He's not going anywhere. I'm personally a big Luis Rojas fan, and I am certainly excited to see where he takes his team this year. But that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Raise the Apple. We talked about a lot today with Mercedes and Maven of the Mets and no-hitters galore coming in Major League Baseball. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We always appreciate it. And follow us on Twitter, RTA underscore pod, for highlights and all that good stuff. Uh, Thanks for tuning into this week. We had a lot to talk about. Hopefully we have a lot more to talk about next week. Hopefully the Mets can get a nice uh, series win or sweep in Miami before they come back to Citi Field. And hopefully reinforcements who are waiting in the wings come back soon. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week. And let's go, Mets! Bang bang, 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 won't stop till we're legends.